What's going on, everybody? I'm your host, Corey Murray. This is Black Men Sunday. Thanks for tuning in. If you haven't already, go to www.blackmensundays.com and subscribe. And if you don't have a podcast app on your phone, you can stream all the shows from there. We five shows deep. In today's guest, we have Linwood Gilmer. This brother here is a crypto miner. This brother believes in Bitcoin. Not only does he believe in Bitcoin, he used Bitcoin money to buy real estate. He's going to get into that. This brother's an investor. When we talk about stocks, this brother does that. Temple graduate. This brother worked for Vanguard. This brother here golfs nine at night. When I'm casing brothers out for the show, Every time I call him, he's on the golf course. This dude is getting money. And without further ado, welcome Linwood Gilmer to Black Men Sundays. Yeah, yeah. And I got to rap to you last week and, and basically hear about what y'all doing and, how, and you know, how y'all doing. I like the setup. I like the show. So I wanted to come on and just basically talk about, you know, some of my experience. Because um, I hear a lot of people have gotten into investing too. Some people have gotten into crypto. So I just want to talk about my experience and kind of, if if possible, anybody had any questions about anything, help them out, clarify some things or add in some of maybe my perspective. Um, to my knowledge, also, there's been a few um, financial advisors and some other people that came on and talked. And they sometimes, uh, you know, they have what they can and cannot get into and the details they cannot get into. So I don't have those same restrictions. So I definitely would like to talk more about anything that you guys be interested in. Uh, yeah, for sure, bro. Let's go and get this thing started, man. Give us a little background about you. You know, you saw me on a couple of properties. Give, give us some background. Yeah, so um, I I went to school. I played uh, ball in school. I played football. And uh, once I finished out in school and, uh, you know, the dreams was over, kind of lights went out. Um, got a job working in finance. My background was in finance. So I got a job working uh, for Wells Fargo Bank, um, helping people refinance loans. And that... Um, that was a weird experience for me because I kind of, that was like a wake up experience where it was like the difference of idealism. So I worked in the refinance department and I was helping older women, older ladies, people that had car notes, $600, $700. This back in 2000, 2003, 2004. And the people on fixed income having crazy, crazy notes. And a lot of them didn't know about all the options with refinancing or shopping with lenders. And I was taking the time to just educate them on that. And that ended up being my biggest shortcoming working at the job. As it turned out, there was people that weren't educated about finance and that was good for business. And kind of helping them find out ways to lower their interest wasn't good for business. So um, that was kind of one of the things I started to notice just with the industry. And then I moved on from there and worked at Vanguard and kind of it was the same thing. Um, working at Vanguard, we had a lot of people that weren't, a lot of retirement accounts, a lot of 401k accounts. And they were completely ignorant about some of the products and how they worked. So some of the people that probably needed the investment opportunities the most were, tar- were sent toward the worst investment opportunities at Vanguard. So um, both of those things made it a point for me to kind of be always self-educated and aware of what was going on in the market. And that's put me down the path to really educate myself more about investing. And in doing that, I, I learned a little bit more about money, the history of money, the history of some of our markets. And that really gave me the opportunity to, to become aware of Bitcoin at a pretty early time, pretty early time in this stage around 2013. And 
of course, I hopped in and I started trying to invest in Bitcoin at that time. And as time went on and Bitcoin went up and down, other opportunities became apparent, um, things that I wasn't aware about. Of course, when I found out a bit about Bitcoin, I was thinking about all about getting rich. Um, but then being in crypto and having to adapt to the world as it's changing along with crypto, there's been other opportunities that opened up that I think a lot of people weren't aware of at the time. And some of them is, or for example, mining, crypto mining. It's a huge opportunity, huge way to take advantage of some of the growth that's in the crypto market. And a lot of our people aren't aware of it, not aware of how it works or how they could profit from it. And um, I try to take advantage of that and try to be the example. So I've seen it as an opportunity. I took some of the money I made off of Bitcoin. I invested in a, prop in a few properties I thought that were great values at the time and investing in Ethereum, at the, in, in Ethereum mining at the time. And both of those look like risky bets back in 2016, 2017 when I made them. And both of them have paid off over, over, the, over the last couple of years. And both of those created more opportunities for me to take advantage of other business opportunities with friends starting businesses, other, other ways about property. But I think the biggest key that's helped me get there is by me increasing my education and awareness about the market and the opportunities out there. So that's what I also wanted to help talk to people about. Getting into crypto mining, for example, is a good way. For example, everybody's buying crypto. Everybody's getting into the crypto game, but a lot of people are using money just to buy crypto. And mining is a way that you can leverage your computer power or build a computer that has the power and kind of use your, electric your electricity to buy crypto for you rather than using straight dollars. So, and along with that, I think with the crypto market, one of the things that's happened is it's growing, it's new, and it's kind of complicated. So not a lot of people understand everything that's going on. And the hype machine is full-time in the crypto market. So there's always new coins that are being highly advertised that are usually worthless. There's a lot more opportunities that people that aren't aware of all the ins and outs of the crypto for them to lose money real quick over overnight. So just like a lot, like Shiba is the recent coin that's going up and everybody's been talking about, but a lot of people made money off of it. But a lot of people woke up and lost money on it too. So it, it I think it's, there's, there's tools out there that can help people be aware of what are better investments in the crypto market. So along with that, I wanted to ask you guys some of the stuff that y'all, you guys think are good investments and what you guys have been talking about investing or where a lot of people are buying. Okay, so what's your actual take on Sheba? I think Sheba is going to be valuable long term. Um, I don't, I, I'm not a person that would play it on the short term, looking for a quick turnaround in the, in the, in the short term. Most of the stuff that's happening in the short term, I think, is just speculation. But Sheba is built on the Ethereum platform. So I think Sheba, but Sheba along with Polygon, along with Cardona, um, along with Ethereum Dark, a lot of coins that actually are on the Ethereum platform do have a good, have a chance for growth. It's just about, certain, um, it's, Stellar hmm? Lumens. Stellar Lumens has, has, Stellar Lumens also associated with the Ethereum platform, but uh, Stellar Lumens cap on them. That's one of the things I haven't liked on them. So one of the things that, um, I kind of look for in all the cryptos is the cap on the cryptos. Um, for example, Ethereum doesn't have any hard cap like Bitcoin has a hard cap. Ethereum is managed and controlled by men that are living out. Bitcoin is an algorithm. But although it doesn't have a cap, it, it, has, a, it has a leaning toward creating a cap and scarcity within this market, something that we don't have in fiat. 
And that's the problem I have with Lumens. Lumens cap is, it doesn't really have a hard cap as a soft cap. And so for that, there's always opportunity for the creator or the developers to dump a, new, a lot of coins on the market, which will drop the value of the coins you're holding. And that's something that can't happen with Bitcoin um, because there's nobody that controls that much of Bitcoin. There's nobody that has a monopoly on what's getting bought with Bitcoin. And there's no one that could really speed up the amount of Bitcoins that are in creation. So like, for example, XRP is one I don't personally like. A lot of people like it and it's gone up in money and a lot of people find value in it. But the source of the value they find in XRP is that the banks are, are that a lot of banks choose to adopt it. And a lot of banks are um, liking this platform and planning to use it. Where can you find in history that banks have helped create wealth? Banks create wealth for banks and shareholders of the banks. They don't usually create wealth for the people that bank at them. Typically, they make money off the interest of the people that bank at them. And that's why I'm not a fan of XRP. It again got, doesn't have a hard cap. The supply is in the billions. And just because the banks like it doesn't necessarily mean the unbanked of the world will like it. Whereas a Shiba, a Cardona, a Bitcoin, their true value to me is what they could do for the unbanked population of the world. Most of the world is doesn't have a bank account. Most of the world doesn't have an ATM card, you know, and that portion of the world still spends money and they spend the majority of it. So Bitcoin, these Ethereum, because they have access to the internet, anybody that has access to the internet can now participate. And I think that's the where the true value is in a Bitcoin or Ethereum. When a, when a larger part of the developing world, you know, we're in a developed world, we're in a first world nation and we're still catching up to it. So imagine what it is for the undeveloped world, the India, the sub-Saharan Africa. You know, when I had talked to you, you had told me you had a couple properties Going yes. on. So yeah, talk about that. So for one example, uh, I guess when we were talking about the properties is um, real estate is a great way to transfer wealth in this country. It's just been recorded that more people have made money in real estate and gotten wealthy through real estate than pretty much any other single route, like historically over the last 60 years in this country. So I was looking for ways to take advantage of real estate. And a lot of people think you got to go buy your home or your, your first investment is your home. Most of my friends, most of my family in the same economic area or better, they go buy in richer neighborhoods or more wealthier neighbor, established neighborhoods, better schools, what have you. Um, I've been targeting certain areas, certain marginalized areas on purpose to find this asset that's worth way less than what it's worth. And also looking for ways to come across properties that are worth less than what they're worth. So one of the things I found is auctions, sheriff auctions, um, other bank auctions. Because of the, the, what's going on with the property, you're able to find the property at way less than what is value. And so when I first got into it, one of the things I did was um, I had to learn, one of my limits was I really didn't have any disposable income to go out and buy a property. Some of the deals that I was coming by didn't have the money. And educating myself, I kind of challenged myself on the money really wasn't the hard thing to come up with. Um, there's a lot of people that have money. They're just typically using that money to try to make more money. And so with the first property I figured out buying was I went out and shopped for a deal. Um, like, you know, that kind of like that thing of speaking things into existence and, you know, live by, live by faith, not by sight. So while, though I didn't have that, the capital, 
I still thought it was I should look for the deal because if God made a way for me to have the capital, what was I going to do with it? But go look for a deal. So I figured I'd look for a deal. And then looking for a deal, I found a really good deal. And I ended up finding some of my friends who had available capital who were looking for ways to make money with it. And so I packaged the deal in a way that made it so I was able to buy the property, was able to go to an auction, found out when I went to the auction, the auction only needed 5% down. So I was able to buy the house with just 5% of whatever I bought at the auction. Didn't actually need the whole capital to buy the house. In which case, they gave me 30 days to find someone to sell the house to. So uh, when I did have to pay the bank when, at the end of the 30 days, I had my investors to finish off, to, to close my deal out from the auction. I used the next subsequent 30 days to find a seller. I made the money off of the in-between because I was able to find a way for my friends to make money. And at the same time, I put the deal together. I found the seller. I found the house. I found the house at the auction. I arranged the price. So I didn't have any money to put up. But just by putting in some due diligence and some some wit and, like I said, educating myself, I was able to put together a deal and come, and, and come into a property and be able to sell the property. So then after I was able to do that, even though I was on the low end of the deal because I didn't put no capital up, I still was able to walk away from that deal with 7,000 cash. So I used that seven grand and I turned around and I invested in Bitcoin. So some of the money that I made from Bitcoin is what I used to go buy my next house. So the next time I went and did it, I had money now. Not only did I have the idea, but I had money. So I found, I waited and found another auction, went and researched the properties that were up on the auction prior to the auction being done. I would take some time when I got off of work, pull up the addresses, drive around the addresses, pull up to the house, walk around, see what I could find from the outside, see what as much as I could figure out. This auction, some of the homes you had access to. So you were able to walk inside and see the condition of the home on the inside. I used resources on the internet to try to find as much as I could about the properties that I started to find interested in the properties I thought were going to be auctioned because this auction told you where the starting price was. So I tried to find at least 10 homes that I thought that I could be able to buy for way less than what they were worth. In which case, whatever money I put in it would still keep me under what it was worth. It made it a safer investment for me. And that's one of the things I, I think that we could find in real estate um, that I will talk to you guys about. I think everybody kind of buys more house than what it's worth, just like we're in the, we're in the seller market now. So there's a lot of people that are buying the house for more than what it's worth. And there's a lot of houses and a lot of properties out here that are, excuse me, selling for way less than what they're worth. And what they need is investment and they need time same as stocks. So that's kind of one of the things I, I kind of touched on is the stock investing, the Bitcoin, the Ethereum, and the real estate, I kind of see as um, different ways of playing the same game. For example, I invest in, um, there's a, a undervalued stock that I invest in, pays a dividend, but its actual share price value is worth way less than what its book value is, in which case is why I buy it. Not a lot of people are buying it, but I buy it because it's actually worth more than what the price is. And that's the same thing when it comes to real estate and homes. If you're going to go buy a house that's worth 50000 and you're getting it at an auction for 20000 you already bought $30,000 of equity for $20,000. And that's the same for buying, that's the same when you buy in a stock that the stock price is $50 uh, or the stock price is $25, but the actual book value of the company is $50. They're the same thing. They don't, 
they don't, they're not sexy. They're not well-known. They're not what the get rich quick people that get in the market and they, they want to look for something to go 10 times as value. That's not where they gravitate to, but it actually is where the safe value is. Most often over three to five year span, those grow more in value than the overvalued asset. So, and that's one of the things I think I'm, I'm a value investor. And I think we as black men can benefit from being value investors where we look at where the value is, not so much where the high prices is or where the price growth is. That's that's first level thinking. That's what most people think. And what we're, when we're talking about real estate investing, we're talking about stock investing, we're talking about crypto investing, most common things aren't going to give you an edge or an advantage. If it's common, then most people do it. And if most people do it, then its effectiveness is blunted because everybody's doing it. So I would have one of the things I've been trying to do is adopt uncommon behavior and kind of stay away from what everybody's doing. Like everybody's buying Shiba right now. Um, I've been doing something else. When everybody else is doing something else, I'm usually buying crypto. And that's, and that's paid off for me in the long term. So when everybody's hype and talking about stocks, it's probably better to save your cash or sit and buy index ETFs or buy real estate investment stocks like REITs, like I was telling you. If you don't have a company to invest in, if you guys still are on the fence about investing in crypto, um, investing in um, stocks or investing in real estate, that's fine. I don't think there's a problem with that. I think um, we all should probably invest first in our in our bodies and our health and secondly, in our brains. Like uh, I got a lot of people that have gotten into crypto recently and everybody's ready to go run out and they'll throw their money at a company or throw their money at a coin but they don't want to take no time to read up about that company or read about that coin or read about that industry. The, the awareness and education about the industry is what adds the value to the money. Throwing money at any stock or any company isn't going to help you out um, long-term. In the long-term, what's going to help out is becoming more aware and becoming a more sophisticated investor. And the only way to do that is to educate yourself more. When we're researching those stocks, what should we pay close attention to in our research? To me, well, first off, if you're talking about crypto, the biggest thing that I see everybody not doing is you should read the white paper. Um, it's probably the biggest free resource to learn about crypto if you don't know about crypto. And if it doesn't have a white paper, it's probably trash. But um, most of the coins you're considering investing in they have a thing called the white paper. It's 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 almost like the prospectus for the crypto for the coin. Um, it, it's telling you about the the developer's vision for the coin, the vision for the network, um, their expected accomplishments with it. That's a good tool for learning most about the crypto and the coin. And that'll give you a, it's a little bit of a hype piece, but that'll give you a good baseline to start learning more about crypto and why this coin thinks it's more valuable versus the others. Um, when it comes to stocks, stocks are a little bit more diff difficult, um, mainly because I'm more of a long-term investor. So I think it comes down to which, which type of investor you are. If you're talking about short-term investment and short-term gains or long-term investment and long-term gains. Um, and then secondly, after that, what are your goals? Um, what's the goals with your money? I think that, that helps with what type of investment you want to do. Um, your risk, how much you're willing to risk. So one of the things I look at when you should probably look at stocks, this will probably help you, is a beta score. 
Um, a beta score is a good idea for you to get a, a measurement for your risk tolerance when dealing with a stock. Um, for example, in, when dealing with stocks or dealing with the market, the market is typically called alpha, meaning it's the baseline index of what people are trading on the market or they're trying to follow is alpha. That's the behavior of the market. When the market, whatever the market does between, you know, when it opens at nine and four tomorrow, that's alpha. What the beta is, is, or the beta each stock is how that stock behaves relative to the market. So for example, like me and Corey, when we were talking, we were talking about the VOO, right? At S&P 500 index. That's the index fund that's marking the top 500 companies. That's gonna move exactly how the S&P 500 moves. It's gonna move to it one for one. If the S&P 500 goes up a thousand points, you can almost expect that, that stock to go up $10, right? If it goes down a thousand points, you can expect a drop in that stock price as well. That beta is always going to give you its correlation to the market's behavior. So, for example, you look up some pharmaceutical company stocks or some of these computer stocks, they'll have a beta as high as five, six, seven times the market. That means if the market went up a thousand points, that relative stock is going to go up five to six times that as well. If the market goes down 10 times, that stock is going down 10 times as well 10 times if it's if it's beta is five you can multiply 10 times five and that'd be its negative correlation beta is going to tell you how that stock behaves correlated to the stock market um that's one of the things you could probably use and, and start screening when you look at stocks to see how well that fits to your own risk tolerance and your own expectations some of the stocks that everybody's expecting to boom are extremely risky they have extremely high betas so they do well when the market's up like it is right now. The market is up. So they do extremely well. And when the market is down and takes a left turn, most of those gains are taken along with it. Um, another thing you could probably start looking at is um, debt. Um, no one looks at the debt for their companies um, or most of the stuff, the debt, debt within the stock or within the company. Um, you want to stay away from companies that are overvalued. We kind of look for companies that are undervalued. Um, for example, there's no there's no company or no stock that is so good and so safe that you could just it doesn't matter how high of a price you pay for the stock. And there's no company that's that bad that it doesn't matter how low the stock is when you pay for it. So that's probably one of the things I think you could you know everybody could work with is start changing their expectations, a long term expectation too. When you're looking at your stocks. The biggest advantage you can have is a long-term mindset. Um, a lot of people look at stocks. A lot of people go through their stock screening, but they'll hear something on the news. Oh, Nike's coming out with new products, or they just signed a new athlete, and they look for immediate reactions in the stock price for that. And immediate within, I'm talking three weeks to ten months, they expect to see that. And usually, there's no there's Usually there's too many people that assume they know how Disney creating a new Lion King movie affects the stock price when there's really, I don't know how that affects the stock price. I don't know if more people buy it, if that's going to help it. I don't know if it's going to hurt it. There's no, I don't know enough about Disney to know how this new show is going to impact their bottom line. So that is one of the things um, I think that people could benefit from is when you're screening your stocks, keep in mind how much you don't know. And that'll give you a big, uh, better idea of what you need to look into. Gotcha, gotcha. Good stuff. And, you know, we've had uh, accountants, we've had financial 
experts on financial advisors on here, and they basically say you only really want to have you want to have more out of your portfolio more than eighteen percent of uh, crypto. What's your theory on that? My theory on that, and 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 then taking account my biases and, and my view on the world, um, I've been a crypto believer. I, I've worked at Vanguard. I worked in institutional finance. I've still had friends in institutional finance that are still don't believe what Bitcoin has done. Um, to me, in a lot of ways, it's it's like how the people at Blockbuster didn't see Netflix coming. Um, in a lot of ways, they're too invested in the current fiat system to actually see crypto for what it is. I don't think, I think everybody's risk tolerance should determine how much of their, their portfolios in crypto. Um, Probably most of the financial advisors would have advised against every move I've made with crypto. Um, when I started buying crypto in 2013, my bank literally called me because they thought I spent too much money on crypto and they wanted me to be aware of the risk. So when I lost my money, I couldn't try to recoup it from them. <laughs> I went from that to the IRS locking me out because they want to know exactly how much money so they can start taxing. So I think the biggest thing is not worrying about the percentage of your portfolio. It's again, worrying about your own expectations. Having a portfolio that's more than 13% crypto is not really a bad thing to me if you have a long-term point, if you have a long-term view. If you're sitting out here at 30, 40% crypto and you expect to buy a house in two years, yeah, that's probably a bad idea. But um, if you're 30, 40% crypto and that's money you're putting away because you know what, 10 years, I'm going to be 60 and I'm going to just take whatever's there. You're probably a wise decision to me. If you look at the numbers, well, for example, the reason why I go against that crypto and it's something that we touched on before is, um, and it's probably something I would like to talk to the guy you had on as a financial advisor. I literally would because I would like to pick his brain. I think it's one thing that everybody's undercalculating is the deflationary effects of Bitcoin. Okay. Um, like for example, we say keep your keep your account in 13%. Some of those guys might have still said buy bonds. I'm not winning those guys are buying bonds. Bonds are losing money. Yeah, everybody buys them. Everybody says have them in your portfolio. Everybody says it's safety, but everybody still, it's like recency bias to me. Um Everybody's still acting like America is the best economy in the world. Everybody's still acting like the rest of the world hasn't caught up. Everybody's still acting like the American government is the sole and best lender of money. There's the numbers don't prove that the numbers don't bear that out. It sounds good and it feels good. And we've been brought up to believe it, but there's just no data to, to do it. For example, the best performing economy in the world right now is closer to like Australia. And if you 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 could have just bought the Australian dollar and just held that for five years. You'd have made twenty percent just on the American dollar. You don't really have to you know go that far. So that's where I say with crypto. Crypto was created because one of the reasons why Bitcoin was created was to make a currency that was finite. Because we have a fiat money system that we currently have. Okay, think about it in this way, right? We're all playing a game of monopoly, and we play the game Monopoly and we play it to basically everybody got the same amount of money. Well, someone goes and gets a different Monopoly and just brings in that money from that bank, right? It doesn't really change the, the, the way the game is. If the game came down to a tie and everybody got the same amount of money, bringing more money in the game doesn't do anything. If you wanted to buy a park place off of me before and I wanted 10 grand for it, 
You bring more money in the game, I want 20 grand for it. That's why things traditionally go up in price. It's not that they're going up in price, it's that our money is going down in value. Pepsi, the can of Pepsi, think about a can of Pepsi, right? Can of Pepsi, all of us old enough to know Pepsi from the 80s. What essentially has gotten more expensive about a can of Pepsi over the last 40 years? What has gotten more expensive? Is aluminum got more expensive or plastic got more expensive? The sugar, the syrup, anything that they're doing became more expensive. But yet Pepsi, it costs more than it did 40 years ago. It's because the value of the money that we're buying the Pepsi with is going down. And it's going down because our government constantly prints money. We borrow money and we print it. And every time we borrow money and print it, we decrease the value of the money in the economy. But this is why rich and wealthy people in the know invest. They invest to beat inflation. Inflation is the devaluing of our money. Crypto, on the other hand, or Bitcoin more specifically out of the crypto, Bitcoin has a finite number of Bitcoins that will be printed. And because of that, or in conjunction, that in conjunction with how our money system goes, Bitcoin is getting closer and closer to 21 million coins. Whatever date in the future that we finally reach in 2040, there will never be more than 21 million Bitcoins in circulation. There will never be. We can't say that about the dollar, though. We don't know how much they'll borrow to spend to fund the government next year. We don't know how much the next president will have to borrow to fund the government in 2024. So each time they're borrowing money, they print the money into existence. And the money that's currently in existence goes down in value. No different than at your job. Uh, you, could, you could be an engineer and work at your job, but if the, the college keeps graduating 500 engineers every year, sooner or later, one of them is coming to do your job cheaper than you. It's scarcity. The dollar that works against scarcity and crypto for that matter has a multiplier effect that I think the financial advisors aren't taking into account. Look at, for example, I challenge all you guys to look at the inflationary numbers we got this year from COVID and what we spent. Inflation is up higher. That's why you're seeing crypto go up even more. It's not that crypto is going up. The ability to, the, the, how much crypto the dollar could buy has gone down in the last year. All right, man. Yeah, like I said, we got crypto expert slash stock expert on the line, man. And I know you, you know, you invest in uh, crypto. You a stock man. You research as well. You start on with it, like he and he helped me out a lot with my first questions. Yeah, Yeah. so I'm saying so based on what you invested in art and based on what you're looking to invest in. You know, it's cool. Mention mention what you're looking at, and you know, yeah, what you looking at. He was thinking on some of the plays. See, what you think about, you know, yeah, what you researching right now on the stock tip on the on the Bitcoin? I know you on that Shiba right now too. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I was big. I was studying the Stellar Lumens. I asked him about the Shiba, the Stellar Lumens. I was uh, looking into the cello because I, all I really do is I do the little tutorials on Coinbase, and mm-hmm. I I sit there and look at it for a minute. And then I, you know, if I'm researching something else and it's moving, I'll just take that free tutorial money and just convert it. I'm really, I took $20 out of my pocket and put it on Sheba. I've been converting my other crypto that I just read, do a little survey on, answer a multiple choice question, and then you get $3. I, I yeah. watch that turn into $4, and then I take the $4 and convert it into something else with lesser value that's moving up. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
No, and Coinbase is good for that. I think Coinbase got a lot, and those tutorials are good. And um, for real, that's one of the signals I, I've been using in crypto. If it if Coinbase starts carrying the coin, and that, to me, that's a signal to pay attention to it. Because once Coinbase carries it, um, it, 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 it legitimizes the coin a lot. You see these coins make a different jump. You could look at them and where they've been high and some of their spikes. And then once they find out that Coinbase is going to carry, like Stellar Lumens. Once Coinbase decided to carry Stellar Lumens, it made a crazy jump. That's what made it get to even being relevant to me. So I, I, I am familiar with Stellar Lumens. I ain't mad at that. And, and Coinbase has been big on Stellar Lumens. Truthfully, if it wasn't for Coinbase, I wouldn't. I would have never took Ethereum serious. Um, so I, I bought my first Ethereum when it was four dollars. I wouldn't have took Ethereum serious if it weren't for Coinbase. So, like, yeah. Coinbase is a is a good resource, but you got to watch the fees on Coinbase, man. They kill on the fees. That's where you got the, the the biggest problem with Coinbase is the fees. Now, you use any other wallets, or you do everything on Coinbase? I do everything on Coinbase because, to be honest with you, I'm I was real skeptical about the crypto so I, I learned about that platform and the fact mm -hmm. that i could learn it and still gain stuff for free is what really made me draw to it so other than that i, I still don't see myself using another wallet because i'm not where i want to be as far as the knowledge so i'm gonna keep playing this free game and see what i can do with that now you mess with bitcoin not really yeah can i ask you why not I really can't say why. I guess I just stayed away from the hype. That's the best answer I can give you. I will see, and here, because I, I, it it comes with a lot of hype, a lot of bad news, and then the price is crazy, right? Right. So everybody's like, "No, I ain't gonna buy that," because I I would rather buy one of these that's down here on the ground. That's probably to me, to me, to me, is probably one of the biggest mistakes because Bitcoin ain't. Bitcoin, in all in all honesty, could be a million dollars a coin by 2025, 2026. In which case, it's on sale right now. Okay, I get that. <laughs> <laughs> and that so, like, for example, like I, I, I say, because I dealt with a lot of people, like, like I, I, I bought my first Bitcoin at $350, and I sold it when it got to $700. I thought I was a G. You know what I mean? And it was at $1,200 two weeks later. You were sick. Oh, sick. I still sick about it. Oh, it's still sick. You know, and, and even my boys, I had partners of mine. I told them to buy a 1200. I had one of my boys said, well, I missed it at 980. So it's 1200. I'm going to just wait till I save up my bread for 1200. That same homie was four months later telling me, damn, it's 2800. You know what I'm saying? So it's like by the time my homie actually went and made his purchase, it was $13,000 of Bitcoin. Golly. You know, and then right now, and he felt like, man, I'm buying it. I'm all late. When it dropped from 13 down to eight, he was like, look, I'm losing money. I knew I was too late. I should have bought it when it was 2,400. Then I wouldn't be that all of that is what he's saying from 2017, now it's 60,000. And his only thing is, why didn't I buy more? Yo, L, why didn't you tell me to buy more? And it's not going to stop. Like, every time, as soon as Biden, every time the president has to sign to fund the government, the gov our government, for example, our government operates on debt. The government can't function without borrowing money. That's what they're asking for the debt limit to be raised. They have to raise the debt limit so it's constitutionally legal for the government to borrow more money in order for it to make sure the government functions. 
Our own government don't have enough money to function next year. Every time it borrows money, it brings new money into the economy. This $1.9 trillion spending bill is going to add $1.9 trillion to the money already in the economy. For example, like let's take left tackles. The reason why left tackles get paid as much as they do is because there's not a lot of good ones and there's not a lot of them. If for some reason, all of a sudden was just a whole bunch of dudes that was 6'6 six, six and 240 and they could play left tackle, left tackle position would go down to be getting paid more like a right guard. Okay. Right. Left tackles get paid left tackle money because ain't a lot of people can do what left tackles do. There's value there. There's a lot more people that can do what a guard does than what a left tackle does. That's why a left tackle makes more. A lot more people can do what the running back do is more than what the fullback do. That's why you get paid more. When we get into our economy, when we get into big with, with all these things that have value, our money is going down in value. Working class, people that don't invest, or people that are not seriously invested, our money is going down before we can spend it because the government is printing new money. It's just like that new tailback coming on the squad, a new quarterback coming on the squad, it's new money. So that new money comes into the economy, it depresses the value of the money already in the economy. And what it does is it increases the value by proxy of the things that what money buys. So that's why you see the price of gas going up. There was nothing happening. It's not like the BP oil spill. Remember when the BP oil spill was? They lost all that oil and, and gas went up? Well, that was different. Something happened to the supply of gas. And so the price went up. But there ain't nothing going on with the supply of gas right now. There's no scarcity in the supply of gas right now. So why are the gas prices going up? It's because our gas prices aren't going up. The money's going down. A lot of people have lost a lot of money because they got into stuff they ain't know about. And at the same time, there's a lot of people because they ain't know about it, didn't even do what you already did. You know what I mean? They just stayed on the fence. So like, right, right. Well, I so appreciate like, that. It, it feel good to know I'm moving in the right direction. Absolutely. It's I, To me, it's something, ever since I started messing with crypto, I ain't re I've never regretted it. It's something I've I've been thankful for. I haven't regretted it. I haven't I, I don't know anybody that's actually bought Bitcoin and held Bitcoin or bought Ethereum and held Ethereum that is disappointed they ever got in it. Like I don't and I got a couple hundred people I know that's been doing it. There ain't nobody like my L. Why did you even have me do this? It was the way I, I lost everything. I should have never did it. Their biggest regret I get from everybody around me is that they didn't put enough, they didn't put more in. Is there any stocks on the rise? Or, you know, I remember me and you had talked. And, yeah. You know, I was telling you some of the stocks I was messing with. And you yeah. had put on to a whole nother level of the stocks. The ETFs. Yeah. I like that. I let my man art about them ETFs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, ETFs, man. I, I'm big on ETFs because ETFs, I, I think ETFs protect me from me doing stupid stuff, right? So, like, you could get an ETF. Everybody talk. All right, for example, everybody talks about diversify, diversify, diversify. Not have all your eggs in one basket. I'm, I'm, I'm of that school of thought too. But if I wanted to, if I want to diversify, I let my ETFs do it. I, I buy the S and P 500 ETF. I buy VNQ, Vanguard's um, real estate ETF. Um, I buy Vanguard's total stock market ETF. Man, um, I'd be up all night reading on them people you just named. Well, no, here, here go the thing. You don't have to read up on the ETF. Now, here goes where the cool part. Like I was telling you about the beta. 
all ET, all index, index ETFs, whenever it's called an index, right? Mm-hmm. What they typically doing is they taking everything within that market. So like my index ETF for real estate is VNQ. They okay. took the Vanguard went and found the best real estate companies and bought each one of them proportionate to their size in the real estate market. So like Simon Property Group makes up like 5% of the real estate market as a whole. So they bought 5% of Simon Property Group stock and that's fun, right? Mm-hmm. There might be another company, um, Starwood Hotels, and they, they, they 3%. So they go buy 3% of it. So these indexes mirror the market. And when you look at the real estate market or you look at the stock market as a whole, right? Like when you say the stock market as a whole, well, the stock market as a whole grows and been growing for how many years? Now, companies go broke all the time and some companies make it. Well, an easy way what I do is I buy a Vanguard total stock market index. I got a little bit of every company on the market. So my winners balance out the losses from my losers. And I just grow as the stock market grows. I don't grow extremely fast. I, it ain't doubling in price. It ain't tripling in price. It's not gonna do, it's not ever gonna do that. You're not gonna get, you're not gonna, I'm, I'm gonna say you're not gonna get rich fast off the ETF. You can build wealth slowly and steadily with ETFs. And, okay. and you don't have to, like my VOO, I put that in my retirement. I don't have to worry about that. Um, I have retirement for people in my family. I, don't, I could put I put their stuff in market e- index, in indexes. If their money goes down, it's the whole market went down. Okay. So they, it, it ain't, well, Lenny, you picked the wrong company. I didn't have to pick a company. I went ahead and picked American real estate as a whole. I don't know. I know there's going to be some company that do better than other ones, but because I'm not an expert at picking and I don't want to take the risk, I'll go ahead and take profits from both companies. And so I like index ETFs for a lot of things. Like you were talking about a percentage of the portfolio, I'd be entirely okay with somebody having 50% of their money in crypto and 50% of their money in index ETFs. I think that's a smart dude. (laughs) Like, I think that would be a smart dude. You know, because I don't think it, it doesn't really get much safer than your index ETFs. And you're, you're, the financial advisor is right. It doesn't get much riskier than crypto. And but between the two, you got a balanced portfolio. That's what, and, and another thing that I say you could look for when you start doing stocks is, man, um, you could start looking for ways to start learning about reading statements. I, I do a lot of income statement reading. Um, but you don't, when it comes to ETFs, you don't got to worry about that. An ETF is like a reason why I said Vanguard is Vanguard's got the lowest cost ETFs out there in the market. And most ETFs are the same. Like if you go get a, like Vanguard's real estate ETF is the same as Fidelity's ETF. It's the same as Charles Schwab's realty ETF. It's the same as um, Spider's ETF. They're all the same because they're, they're following the same index. What's difference between the companies is how much they charge for that product. And Vanguard has the lowest, they call it an expense ratio. So when you look it up, like even if you got Robinhood, you could look up VOO. And when you scroll at the bottom, it'll show you the 52 week high, 52 week low. And then you'll be able to see um, 
where it's got you some I'm, i don't know if Robinhood got the beta score on there but yahoo finance has the beta and all etfs are going to have a one beta because they mirror the stock market um it's when you get the individual company stocks that you'll see the beta come in and then you'll see the expense ratio at the bottom as well and you could compare it like when you go in there and once you start looking at voo it'll bring up other index etfs that are um, in the same same market in the same family. And you can look up their expense ratios. That's just how much it costs for them to do business. So if all the products are the same, you know, like I, I got a car that's a hybrid, you know. I, every car in the class I was looking to buy a car was the same. The car I was buying was five miles an hour, uh, five miles an hour more efficient. So I bought that one. And that's the same reason why I bought Vanguard. Gotcha. Before I let you go, you know, we had, uh, since my man Art on here, we, we, we splashing a couple of jewels. Uh, you know, you were talking about that Rio, man. So, look, oh, Rio. Tell yes, my man Rio. Art about that Rio, man. Oh, uh, yeah. So what makes, one of the reasons why I play Rio is the same reason why I like Bitcoin. So it's the, to me, it's the same bet as Bitcoin. Like, so we were talking about the fiat money, our currency, infl our inflated in currency and how it inflates the price of different things. We talked about oil, right? And it, it inflates the price of uh, oil. Rio is a is a commodity company. They mine minerals. They do stuff like lithium, um, nickel, iron ore, copper, those natural materials, and those commodity materials. And they're based in the UK. Okay, so one of the reasons why I buy them is they're a high dividend payer. But because they're a commodity vendor, no matter how much we get inflation, we get in our economy, they going, people going to buy lithium next year. So if the price of lithium goes up, price of iron ore is going up, being a shareholder with Rio, you get the, you get the benefit from that inflation. Because as the more inflation comes in our economy, the price of those commodities are going to increase. And those pass-through increases are going to be passed through to Rio. So... And another good reason about Rio, since Rio's based in the UK, right, they pay out their dividends in British pounds. Because, because we're American, we get that conversion rate. And the British pound appreciates against the American dollar. So our dividends are actually worth more just because of the currency that is paid out. Of. Okay, yeah, I didn't know that. So you ain't tell me that's the other night. Yeah, that's... Yeah. You done let like me to some dividend. water. I'm going to say that. You done show let me to some water. <laughs> DRD, DRD is another example, right? It's called DRD. It's a it's a gold mining company. They're based in South Africa. Um, they got a dividend, but if you look them up, right? From my calculation, you ain't got to take it as gospel because valuations are always going to change. But um, their book value for their stock is closer to $15, $16 a share. And they're selling for about $9 a share. And they're also a commodity company. Um, same reason why Exxon, Exxon Mobil, you know, they got a steady dividend. Um, they're an oil company. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like those, those commodities I think are going to appreciate and then no one's talking about it. Everybody wants to buy, you know, the, the sexy stuff. And typically what everybody's talking about and what everybody's buying, like here, I'll, I'll share this jewel with y'all. They did this study, right? And they, they went back to like the 19, they did it for the 50s, the 60s, and the 70s. And they went and they researched the most talked about, the most companies that were in the paper the most, that were on the news the most, and that people traded the most. 
and they looked at it on a 10-year scale. And they, when they ranked out the top 20 companies that people talked about, traded the most, that was the most bought and sold, that was the most printed in paper, none of those companies were on the same list as the top 20 best stocks of those decades. None of them. And they did this for like four different decades. And it's like, turns out, there's no correlation between what people talk about and what people want to trade the most between what's actually valuable and going to go up in price. There's no correlation between it. It's just all made up. So like, um, that's one of the things that helped me ignore a lot of the chatter that happens right now. Like, you know, everybody like will say, well, buy this stock because it's the next Amazon. But when Amazon was actually at $3, some people didn't buy it either. They was buying something else that wasn't worth it. So, and that's one of the things I, I got with in, that I've learned the hard way in the game, in the stock game. But it is to uh, stay away from what most people are doing. And, and commodities is something that a lot of people ain't doing. A lot of people ain't ain't talking about it. And that's also to a signal to me that that's probably where I should be putting some of my money. So I, I've been buying Bitcoin when nobody was buy, talking about it. I'm mining Ethereum. I, I've been mining Ethereum for a couple of years. Um, it's up until the point it was up actually the beginning of last year one of my friends was asking me if i regretted my decision to buy ethereum because ethereum was still at like two thousand dollars and i didn't but as time going on ethereum's up to forty three hundred dollars it's going to continue to appreciate in price i i mean some of these bets are calculated bets like rio it's a calculated bet that i next year rio's going to mine iron ore and next year, the value of the dollar is going to go down. So that's going to make the price of iron ore go up. And no one's buying real right now either. If you see, if you look at it for last month or so, the stock price actually dropped almost $10. Um, but I'm comfortable buying it because the company is actually worth more closer to $110, $115 per share. And it's selling at $60 a share. And they got that high dividend and they're in a good market. So like another thing we'll talk about, um, cycles so what most people forget is that all this stuff moves in cycles you know like that's the two biggest thing is things move in cycles and people forget that they move in cycles what's the biggest mistake black us as black men make as investors bruh it's probably gonna sound cliche um we don't invest in our brains i say that because a lot of people are looking for the good deal or they'll go, when I see it, I'll put all my money into it. The biggest reason what I've seen is like Bitcoin, for example, right? I, I, I'm out here looking at Bitcoin at 978 going to a thousand. I was ringing the fire alarms for my people. Like y'all should go buy this, y'all can go buy it. I had at least 40 friends that looked dead at everything about Bitcoin. It was like, nah, that don't make no sense. But you wanna go to the club tonight? You want to, you know what I mean? Try and go grab a drink. They, they, they didn't care about Bitcoin. They wasn't worrying about, not that you had to care, but it's like, we don't recognize value when it's right in front of our face. So it's like, we, we hear people talk about, we wish we had an opportunity, but I see more people that have an opportunity in front of their face and they don't know what to do with it. And that's the biggest thing I say as investors, like we got opportunities out there, but are, but that's why I was talking about the education part. I got I got too many friends that want me to be like, L, tell me what's a good investment. And so they could put their money in there and watch it quadruple. But it's like, if it was that easy, well, who would be working? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and then hold on. 
how you you want to have your money quadruple you want to become wealthy how do you just hand that off to me how you 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 think that's how everybody got to where you trying to get is they just waited for someone else to tell them and it was easy for them to do how, how could that turn around and make money you know what i mean like if it's simple and it's easy and everyone's doing it where's the where's your advantage if everybody on the stock market is going out there and they just hoping to get rich and throwing money at stuff, where's your advantage, right? Even take it back to we probably all got a grandma, auntie, somebody that played the numbers. And if they want any money with the numbers, it's because they played that same number. They ain't go out and play a different number all the time. They ain't ever win no money. But you knew that somebody had a grandmother or aunt that played them same digits and they hit every once in a while. <laughs> and it's, it's that same behavior over time. We want to go out there and play a different number and just and just hope and go get rich. And we go out there with we the other biggest mistake we make in investors, we think too short term. I, I got a friend of mine that when I was buying Ethereum, he was wise enough to buy Ethereum. He bought his first Ethereum at $38. That thing shot up to $1,400. He was like, man, this, that. My girl be acting funny when I use her car. Man, I'm just going to go buy a car. He sold all his Ethereum and went and bought a little $8,000 car. Now, he didn't, now, this is a dude that flipped $150 in the AGs. And he like, no, nah, man, I got to get this car because now, fast forward a year, Ethereum's price then dropped down and then it bounced back up to 2000 He hit me like, man, you know, that car don't even run no more. I'm out here in a new car. Nope, man. I should have just kept, man, what would my 8,000 be if I'd have left? Oh, you'd be sitting on about 25 right now. Your money would have tripled. But why didn't you tell me? Bro, you called me. I told you. You still did it. You thought the car was more valuable. You could have kept putting up with your girl's smart mouth and driving her car and let that money triple. So yeah. that's where our biggest, we, we think too short term and we're not really focused on some of what we want. I mean, the same thing. I had a partner of mine with, with my property, I, the, the property I got. I just got it appraised, right? I bought this property for $25,000 at an auction. It just got it got appraised for $110,000. I got an offer from a dude trying to buy it. He said, I'll give you 65 cash. Now, my partner's like, why don't you take the 60 grand and run, dog? Like, get up out of sell that and go buy something else that I have. But I'm thinking, but what am I going to do with 60 grand? That's more than what I'm already doing with it right now. Like my 25 right now got me at 110. Dude's willing to already double my money. That was his first offer. He was going to double my money. Why would I take the first offer? Why would I, why would I undersell the asset? Well, no, nah, cause you could get the bread now. Okay. I could get the bread now. I could get, I could get 60 now, or I could hold on to it for three years and get 160 <laughs> and it's like my boy and that's where me and my, my homie was at i that 60,000 i'm not going to do nothing and then and right now with that 60,000 that's going to triple it but if i leave it alone it'll triple on its own mm -hmm. and that's and that's just where like i said we get educated on value we get educated about what's going on about what we really want not what they say not what they think or what we think but when we really feel like figure out what we want in life where we want to go and then how best to get there because money's a tool to get there and then this can help decide how your money sit where your money sit you know um what you expect to return off your money because that's the other thing we began with black folks black folks want the return like they sell like crack they want crack return 
You know what I'm saying? Like the 1980 days of crack, there ain't no returns like that on the stock market. So you you can't sit up here and put your money to unreasonable concerns in the wrong industry. There's industries and markets that got the, the way the speed of the money moves is different. I mean, if you going out here and you renting out a house, yeah, you making money, but it ain't the same money as if you own a own a nightclub. <laughs> I mean, this this two different. Those they both got money coming in. They both money machines, but they working at two different amounts and at two different speeds they're not comparable and that's where we don't be having our expectations down so i think we need to get educated about what our expectations are make our expectations more reasonable and make our stuff more long term and we think more long term we got to get out of thinking short term um a good a good quote i always use um Minimati Masashi, you know, the, the key to strategy is to see things that are far as if they're close and things that are close as if they're far. And that's a good motto for investing. You know what I mean? We got to think more long term. We, we, I, I know me and I got other people. Oh man, you talking about 10 years from now. I ain't got time for that. And yet 10 years from now, they'd be in the same place. Yeah, man. I appreciate them jewels, man. Thank you. Thank you, sir. You just... You helped me out a lot. You answered a lot of things I was skeptical about, and you gave me some gems. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks, Len, for pulling up on the show today. I appreciate your time. I appreciate the jewels you dropped on us today. I appreciate the freestyle game you dropped on us in case y'all wasn't listening. DRD in Rio. So let's get this money. If you're not getting this money, you don't have any excuse. We got five other episodes you can listen to, but just the one right here. Pull up. Black Men Sundays. I'm Corey Murray. We out of here. Thank you. Check it.